This is Varun Haran for Information Security Media Group India. I'm speaking with Dr. Kamlesh Bajaj, who's CEO of TSCI. And we're going to be speaking about the security landscape in India and the data privacy bill. And of course, some issues around security startups and the challenges that they're facing. So Dr. Bajaj, the market is dominated by global products today. And all security products that are in use in enterprises are largely global products. How can Indian software companies look at making security products for the country? You see, over the last uh, three years, uh, there has been uh, emphasis on product development in the country. And this is at the NASCOM level also, when they started their 10,000 startup program. But it is not that people were waiting for that to start. Companies were trying to develop product. And uh, interestingly, there were several companies which were working in the area of uh, security. We are working with some of them for the last uh, two years. They're closely working with us. We showcased some of them, some 10, 15 of them, in the NASCOM product uh, conclave in Bangalore this year as well as uh, the last year. And we have also categorized the areas in which uh, are developing products. So it's quite salutary to see that this kind of thing is happening. But they do have their own challenges in terms of acceptability and the companies and user organizations, when they buy security products, they are doubly sure. They want to see where they're coming from, what kind of usage their products have been put to, who are the customers, where they are deployed. And also they would like to see whether there are analysts who are recommending talking about their products. So these are some of the challenges and uh, we have taken some of them with the government procurement in DIT and several DIT organizations such as the NIC, SI, on the conditions that should be relaxed. On the one hand, we want to promote the development of security products in the country. We want more and more of that. On the other, we have difficulties in accepting their products and implementing their products in our own uh, environment. So it's a challenge and we have articulated it and we are taking it forward at uh, various levels in the government and we think that uh, certain positive things will emerge. But notwithstanding that, it is to the credit of many of these companies that their products are being deployed elsewhere in the world also and a couple of them have been written about in Gartner's analyst report also. They appear in their magic quadrant as well. So uh, what can you tell me about the data privacy law? Given that we have a proactive government at the center now, what can we expect from the law and what does India need? What is the context in which this policy should be created? The privacy law is uh, essentially to protect uh, the privacy of individuals. And this is again in the context of a digital environment. The key point is that whether an individual is willing to divulge sensitive personal information, does he want to have control over the information which is going into the wild? Now, these are the things which are being debated at the policy level, at the actual practice level also, everywhere in the world. There are laws which are being revised. Europe is trying to revise its own law of data protection directive of 1998. America has come up with the Consumer Bill of Rights, which has still not become a full law yet. But they are debating. But the issue is whether there should be sectoral regulation, like RBI is regulating the financial sector as a whole. And RBI under its guidelines says that the banks will not disclose the personal data of their customers to anyone. So it is at the sectoral level, which, which is the typical approach which America Health sector has its own law, for example, what is called uh, HIPAA earlier and now high tech. Now, what we have done, there was a committee set up under Justice uh, A.P. Shah of which I happen to be a member. And there we looked at all the global privacy practices. How do you implement a privacy program in an organization? There are certain principles which are globally accepted for privacy, such as when you collect the data, uh, do you give notice to the person that I'm collecting your data? Does he give consent? Are we disclosing a purpose for which the data is being collected? And then as a service provider, do I give assurance to the customer that your data shall be used for this purpose and not for any other purpose? So these are some of the thoughts that go into the privacy principles. And what we have done in the uh, Justice Shah Committee report is to look at the globally accepted privacy principles, set them in the proper context, and that they shall be followed. And come 
companies shall follow a full-fledged privacy program to show how they have implemented privacy within the organization. Then also encourage them to do privacy impact assessment and not depend upon a chief regulator sitting in Delhi. In the report, it is not recommended that a European-style data protection authority be there. Although at the same time, some authority will have to be there who will certify several verticals such as IT sector, banking sector, telecom sector. So in those verticals, either a regulator would prescribe the, some of the practices like RBI in the banking sector or there could be self-regulation by the industry such as DSCI self-regulation for the IT industry or BPO industry. So there's flexibility, a lot of flexibility. So the idea is that as technology moves forward, the law should not make it very strict and compliance-oriented. Compliance, yes, you should ask for, but then make it open-ended, flexible enough for the companies to implement a genuine privacy program. Let's talk about breach notification. Do you feel that the Indian ecosystem needs breach notification laws? And globally, breach notification is mandatory. However, not so in India. Are breaches really happening in India? What is the situation like? You see, breaches are happening everywhere in the world. You have to implement best practices for security and yet breaches uh, will happen. So, in India also breaches are happening. It is not that they are not happening. But the breach has to be notified to the end customer if loss of his data is going to impact his privacy, his health data, his uh, economic data, his bank data. So, all of that should be notified to him. Currently, there is no law as such. But in the proposed uh, privacy law, uh, as I said under the Justice uh, Shah Committee report, we have recommended breach notification to be given by all the data controllers. And here we also include the service providers as well, the, the BPO companies and so on. Those who are sitting on data, processing data. So they should also be obliged to issue notification to whosoever is the regulating authority and to the customers. And this is again dependent upon the kind of impact which the breach will have. It is not that if there is a breach for two rupees, you go on then informing several customers. So it has to be proportionate to the value. So we hear a lot about information sharing. Also, now typically companies in India are shy about disclosing breaches because of potential reputational loss. But say even within the industry, there is a lot of information sharing that is required. We hear constantly about how organized the black hats or the hackers are, whereas on the enterprise side, there is not so much synergy that is happening. So now that we have organizations like the FSI side that is slowly getting off ground, what are the other sector-specific things that can be done for sharing information? See, sharing of data is, is essentially that uh, the sector becomes uh, as a whole paired that this is the kind of attacks which we are seeing in this sector. So it is, it's a good thing, information sharing analysis centers. It is something which again was pioneered in America and there are several sectors, finance uh, being at the top and then also the telecom sector, energy sector, all of that, they have very active and vibrant uh, ISACs as we call them. In India, banking ISAC has been created, so in which uh, DSCI had some role to play and then currently it is being operated uh, by IDRBT. So banks have come forward, several of them, and at the initial discussion stages also as to what kind of data should be shared. So the idea is that trust level of companies should be increased, that by sharing data, I do not uh, lose much. And this sharing of data is more in uh, anonymized form. So if a banking ISAC has data from 20 banks that this is the kind of breaches that happen, but the other banks who are using this will not know that this is from ABC Banker, XYZ Bank. But coming to breaches, breaches and reputational risk is a universal problem. It is not that only India is impacted by that. I think it's more more in the United States where your share prices can go down, any kind of breach which is notified and then the companies can be impacted. So companies also do come out with, with this kind of information only after a certain point in time. It is not that the breach happens today and then I immediately in the next uh, split second I go to the regulator or inform the customers. So there is a stipulated time frame within which it has to be done. Europe was trying to say within 24 hours, but it is not doable because many times you may not even be aware of the breach that it has taken place. It may come to your notice after several weeks or even even months. 
So reputational risk is definitely there and every company will weigh the positive and negative of that. And again, they will weigh in the context of what kind of compliance has to be done, whether there's a law and how we comply with that. Today in India, we do not have a law that breaches have to be necessarily notified. It is not there. How about government investment in this sector? We talk a lot about how government investment is required in IT, specifically in information security. Would you suggest, would you recommend that such an investment happen? See, there are two issues involved here. One is that, yes, on security, there should be adequate spending, which has to be commensurate with the type of data that you're protecting. What is the value of the data, value of information which is sitting there? So that is important. But whether security will improve only by the indigenous products is not uh, quite true. Because products which are deployed must be thoroughly tested and they must be exposed to the real-life environment where the attackers come from all over the world with their own attack vectors. So it has to be able to withstand this scrutiny. No, I'm, 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 that. what I'm suggesting is, you know, investment in security from the government side will give a boost or focus on security. They can follow by example. Yes. Yeah, I think security is not the only thing there. Government will have to have a proper policy for investment. Whether government can create venture funds, whether government can actually operate venture funds. It's a big challenge because any stories that you read about venture capitalists, you will see that uh, uh, 99 or 98 out of 100 projects that they have funded, they have failed. Venture means it is bound to fail. It's only that if two projects uh, or two products are developed, then it suddenly the investment of million dollars results into billions of dollars worth of uh, revenues. So can the government actually get into that? It's a big question mark. If they can come up with the policy and have uh, trust in the such kind of fund managers to do the job, that I think it's a very big challenge. A final question, sir, is uh, what are DSCI's uh, plans for the year to come for? As I mentioned in the, in the morning, uh, we have launched the DSCI privacy certified privacy professional, DCPP. So that is something which uh, we would like to make it uh, a movement in the country that uh, privacy is extremely Protection of data is very important. Uh, so DCPP certification is something which we would like to take forward uh, in a big way. And uh, we are also working on, for example, for the fraud investigation, uh, certified cyber uh, fraud investigation, uh, a credential for that also. So that is also something that we would like to take forward in a big way. And then uh, we are ex uh, also working in the area of cloud policy with the government. And we would like to see that appropriate cloud policies come into being. Uh, internet governance issues at the policy level. There's a better visibility within the country and globally also for India that we are an active player. And a policy that should come into being should be more in the interest of, uh, both in the interest of national security as well as the... So in the policy space, uh, we are looking at uh, several of the areas on privacy, cyber security, uh, cyber forensics, uh, mutual legal assistance treaties between India and other countries. And uh, we have to continue the development of thought leadership and uh, practices both in security and privacy and take forward our uh, certification. I think these are some of the key things and uh, many more they keep on emerging as we go along. I think one pertinent question that comes to mind from your responses, you know, the government has a very ambitious e-governance plan has been uh, spoken and, uh, you know, there are uh, uh, reports that suggest that only 1% of the government's IT budget so, in your mind, you know, in your opinion, what are some of the challenges that the e-governance uh, initiative is going to face from us? You see, e-governance uh, basically, uh, typically like any other uh, private sector service, whether you call it uh, e-commerce or a portal service or a, a travel reservation booking, things like that. So, the moment you get into transactions, that means you have to secure your servers, you have to secure your back-end uh, uh, data centers, and you have to make sure that your networks uh, are fully secure. 
So the kind of technology which is required, the kind of processes which are required and policies required in the private sector are absolutely applicable in the government. So it is, of course, budget is important, whether 1% or 2%, budget is very important. Typically worldwide it is anywhere from 5 to 8% of the IT budget goes into security. And security basically should not be bolted from outside later on. Today when we are designing systems, we should ensure that security is baked into the system at the design stage itself. We have, we have done a study recently where we found that in the government procurement of software, uh, security was not a consideration. I won't say at all, but security was not a consideration. So we have come up with a set of recommendations that what are the best practices that the government should follow in uh, procurement of software. Because if the software procured is not uh, secure enough, then you are making uh, the platforms uh, fully vulnerable. So while we implement that and implement best of the practices from the private sector, the key question is, uh, how will they create the people or how will they leverage the private sector to actually uh, secure the government projects. So that would be a policy challenge on how they actually implement it. Thank you, Dr. Majaj. This is Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent for Information Security Media Group. Thank you for listening.